Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. You are listening to the One Good Scare podcast with Natalie Zamora and Max Mello. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to a new episode of the One Good Scare podcast. I'm Natalie Zamora, and of course, I'm here with Max Mallow. How is your week going, Max? Oh, it's going pretty good. We're in December, truthfully now, or truthfully, yeah. truly, and getting excited for the holiday season. Can't wait mm-hmm. to finally get this year over with because this year has stunk. I know, I agree. And it's so funny because everyone's like, oh my gosh, 2020 is gonna, needs to be over. And it's like, I mean, is anything going to change January 1st, 2021? Probably not. But I think people will just feel a little bit better that 2020 is behind us. Yeah, there's some good news, you know, like a vaccine and everything like that. So hopefully we're heading for uh, brighter pastures next year. But of course, we're super excited for today's episode. Finally get to review Freaky. The latest Blumhouse picture that we wanted to review last week, and we thought it was going to be available on demand, but it wasn't. And then when it was pushed back, we were like, oh, cool. Now we won't have to pay money to watch this movie. Little did we know, we had to shell out 20 bucks each to watch this movie. So, yeah, little steep. I mean, like, you know, you're paying, what, like $10, $12 for a movie ticket normally, and then I'm not walking into a movie theater without a bucket of popcorn and a soda. <laughs> so... You know, maybe cheaper. I went to CVS. I got some popcorn, so I got to do a little movie bedroom experience. How was uh, how was your experience watching Freaky? It was good. Yeah, I think twenty dollars was a bit, you know, annoying. Like nobody wants to pay that much, and like I don't know. And I think going to the theater, I understand that it's like 10, 12 bucks because you're seeing it in a theater and it's huge and it's not your bedroom TV. But there are pros to watching it laying down and just relaxing. So it was good. Um, I'm glad that I don't have to pay $20 for like every movie I'm interested in seeing. This is, I think I was telling you, I think this is the second time I rented a movie like for full price during quarantine. So that's not too bad. I can't remember what the first one was for the life of me, but as long as I'm not doing it all the time, then, you know, fine. I'll do it. Yeah, and for the right movie, too. Like, we were discussing privately about Songbird, <laughs> yeah. the upcoming kind of COVID movie with KJ Apa about, like, a yeah. post-apocalyptic world where, a you know, a virus runs rampant and, you know, changes all of earth and i would not pay 20 bucks to see that movie nor does anyone want to see that movie like when that trailer dropped everyone was like why is this being made like come on read the room like i understand like it's hollywood it's an easy grab but i guess some riverdale fans will shell out the money to watch that i know i brought it up to you because i thought it would be hilarious to review it just because i'm sure it's not good and just talk about how ridiculous it is but yeah $20. $20. I can't give that money $20. Like, I just can't. Yeah. Plus, you're paying for an experience when you go to a movie theater. And I miss that. Yeah. Experience. But it was crazy, too, because after last week's episode, we were hyping up HBO Max. HBO Max announced that crazy deal where yeah. all the major Warner Brothers releases will be available same day streaming on HBO Max, which obviously is a way different deal because you're paying a subscription service per month, much like Netflix and Hulu and Amazon Prime. But you're getting Wonder Woman 84, you're getting The Matrix 4, you're getting In the Heights, the Lin-Manuel Miranda uh, musical, you're getting Dune with Timothy uh, Chalamet, yeah, directed by Denis Villeneuve, who uh, (laughs) I incorrectly was calling him Dennis Villanueva for like months, and I have a friend, uh, Chance, who was like, that's not how you pronounce his name at all, it's pronounced Denis Villeneuve, and I was like, oh, okay. (laughs) Um, obviously did Blade Runner 2049. That movie looks amazing. Can't wait for it. And 
this is the time to I think to cancel your Netflix subscriptions and and get an HBO Max subscription. Why not? Yeah, I think HBO Max just needs to step it up with the horror movies. I mean, they have a good selection, not amazing, but I think it's better than Netflix. Um and now that The Office is leaving Netflix, I mean, who needs Netflix? Like, what is Netflix? And Gossip Girl, too. Gossip Girl's leaving yeah. Netflix. And, Go- and Gossip Girl's getting a reboot on HBO Max. So why not? Why not get HBO Max? Dexter is leaving Netflix, too. But uh, that's not HBO. It's, that's Showtime. I don't even know if Dexter was still on Netflix. Yeah, I was Netflix. watching it. Never took the time to invest my, my time and effort into, uh, into Dexter. I don't know. I just never never clicked with me something about michael c hall just i was like yeah you're a serial killer i get it but i don't know never was in i like him he was in some yeah. some goofy horror action movie called gamer way back when that movie is silly and oh, <laughs> man, that movie is not good but anyway before we get into our view of freaky of course quick hard news roundup from the the interwebs uh ready or not in screen 2022 uh, filmmakers are directing a new movie called Reunion, which is interesting because Ready or Not was a movie that we both loved. Uh, it was on our yeah. top ten movies currently streaming on HBO, HBO Max. Max. <laughs> <laughs> uh, awesome film. Check it out. Samara Weaving kills it. And Scream 2022, a.k.a. Scream 5, a.k.a. 5 Cream, uh, is a movie we're also excited about. And whatever this movie is going to be, uh, I, I think it's in good hands. Yeah, it's being described as a high school horror, so I don't know, might be similar to Freaky in that, you know, there's young kids, they're all obsessed with technology, there's like a prom or a dance type of thing, I don't know, some typical, you know, tropes going on there, but I think this movie could be really good. Yeah, especially since Scream is a high school movie to begin with. Yeah. So, Yeah. excited for that one. Another one that we really didn't need this. He sent this to me on Gchat, and I was like, do we have to put this in there? And you were like, it's news. <laughs> and I was like, okay. Uh, so there's a teaser trailer for a sequel series to The Silence of the Lambs called Clarice. Clarice. <laughs> Speaking of The Office. <laughs> I wish this like, this, this is when I wish we had, like, a video aspect of the show, because I would just throw in Dwight with the dumb yeah. mask on going, hello, Clarice. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you watched this trailer. What did you think? Do we need this? Yes or no? Yeah. So the teaser is literally like 30 seconds and it just kind of shows like really chopped up scenes of Clarice. So I really don't, I couldn't get a vibe from it, but I don't think we really need this, especially cause I don't really think like the marketing has been that good for it. I mean, it's on CBS, so it could have been on a better, more, horror-centric network, such as, you know, AMC maybe, or the best of the best, HBO. Um, but yeah, it, it, I don't think we need it. I don't know if I'm going to check it out. I think it might be more of a drama just because it's on CBS. That's just what I'm assuming. Um, yeah, the Jodie Foster character, Clarice, it's taking place after the events of Silence of the Lambs. And now Clarice is being played by an actress named Rebecca Breeds. Um, who I do not know, but yeah, I don't know. I might, I might check it out. Um, they have a still from the movie out right now and it's kind of Clarice wearing, um, you know, her jacket and she's looking into the mirror scared. Can't really get much from that, but it starts in February. So maybe I'll watch the first episode. I don't know. I'm not too thrilled about it. Yeah, I mean, we've had Silence of the Lambs, there was Red Dragon, there's yeah. Hannibal, which every there was a huge cult following around Hannibal when it was originally canceled and then picked up by Netflix again, which starred yeah. uh, Matt Mickelson. And that show was beloved, like, uh, I guess a direct sequel to Silence of the Lambs on a channel where, I believe C- Criminal Minds is a CBS show, right? Like, I can see it kind of playing out like, like a law and order svu type of show but obviously mm-hmm. with like hannibal lecter and, and clarice vibe so i don't particularly know i mean it'll be interesting to see uh rebecca breeds did star in pretty little liars uh for season six and seven in a recurring role and she was also in the originals which is the side quill side series to vampire <laughs> diaries um which yeah. you know surrounded the original vampires from that show so We'll see. We'll see. 2021 for that. And 
who knows? It could just be another show that gets a season or two and then just chopped up and been like, well, we tried. Uh, yeah. Who knows? It might be like they did like the Rosemary's Baby TV show. Oh, I mean, yeah. that wasn't a sequel or anything, so this might be better because it's an original story, but I didn't think that was that good, the Rosemary's Baby one. I watched like two episodes and thought it was kind of boring. And then, of course, they did the Miss TV show, which we talked about. That was like, eh. Like, I don't know. Horror TV shows on regular TV um, don't always do well. There are exceptions, but not yeah. always. Yeah, the, the king of cable television horror is still The Walking Dead, followed by yeah. American Horror Story. And yeah. two vastly different series when they're both compared in terms of their storytelling and, and their whole outline. But, you know, snap up a property and show and try to make a show out of it i guess but the final piece of news i didn't even know this happened you had informed me this happened uh so there was an mtv movie and tv awards i just you know i guess it's just a habit of being in quarantine and not really keeping up with what's going on on mtv but jamie yeah. lee curtis jlc won the scream queen award uh for being the greatest of all time you know no surprise there you know there's some other Scream Makes queens. Sense to yeah me. people love like heather uh langkamp from Nightmare on Elm Street, obviously Nev Campbell, Scream, and there, uh, mm -hmm. the list of Scream Queens goes on and on and on. There's also a show called Scream Queens, which like, what was, <laughs> it, it competed like directly with another show that was like the same exact vibe. Because I remember there was also a show called, no, there was a show called Scream Queens, which I yeah. believe was like. The Emma Roberts. Right. It was like a sorority. Yeah, yeah. It was like a parody of like horror movies, kind of. Right. But there was also a show an old show called Scream Queens. Do you remember that? It no. was like it was like a competition show and the winner got a uh, role in Saw yeah. 6 I want to believe. Yeah, a VH1 show yeah. from 2008. Yes, I do remember watching some of this. Yeah. The, the I remember the, the the winner was in one of the opening scenes. I believe it was Saw 6. Of Saw, yeah, one of the Saws. Um, oh my god, hilarious. But yeah. Obviously, congratulations to Jamie Lee Curtis for winning this award. I just didn't know what was going on. Like, I was like, aren't like historically MTV Movie Awards like more in September? Or am I thinking of no? The VMAs are in September. Yeah, yeah. I think this one is usually in the springtime. I want to say, but who knows? Twenty twenty. I guess they probably just pushed it back in twenty twenty because they were like, no movies are coming out. Let's do it when movies are out. And then they were like, oh. Movies aren't coming out, so then they changed the whole award show to be greatest of all time, and then they were just naming people and movies from all time, from older stuff. So, got it. Well, but. not a bad pick, Jamie Lee Curtis, uh, for being the all-time great scream scream queen. Say that five times fast, you actually end up no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's hard. Yeah, but yeah, that's the quick horror news roundup going on. Um, We'll see what goes on with Reunion, Clarice, and then, yeah, MTV Movie Awards. So, now into our review of Freaky. Um, quickly, quick summarize of it. You know, the movie takes place around this whole body swap thing between the two lead characters, Vince Vaughn and Catherine Newton. Uh, and the movie, for me, when I watched it, I immediately thought, the Hot Chick. Like, this movie reminded me so much of The Hot Chick. A movie you haven't seen, which I was like, how have you no. not seen The Hot Chick? That's a classic Rob Schneider movie. I was thinking of Freaky Friday the whole time. Well, like, I feel like yeah. it had multiple Freaky Friday moments. It, like, the whole body swap thing is like a Freaky Friday storyline right out of it. But yeah. all of the high school elements they were drawing on reminded me so much of The Hot Chick. Oh, and really? kind of a similar thing there's no murdering in the hot chick but um <laughs> you know the 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 story revolved around rob schneider being a um a thief and everything like that and he swaps bodies with the most popular oh, girl in school yeah. and then you know the whole thing about getting her life back and all that stuff like that but this movie obviously surrounds uh the main character whose name is millie uh, played by Catherine Newton. She is a bit of a outcast at school. You know, she has her two best friends. Mm -hmm. But, you know, she's not the most popular girl in school. She's dealing with the loss of her dad. And mm -hmm. her home life is kind of rough. She has her sister, uh, Char, uh, a.k.a. Charlene, but everyone calls her Char in the movie. 
like Charmander. I don't know. That's where my mind should They should have just called her Charmander. That would have been awesome. Um, <laughs> and the, yeah, so that, that's her life. She's, you know, a bit of an outcast at school. And there's this legend of the Blissfield Butcher, because that's the town they live in, Blissfield. And yeah, so kind of, do you want to just go through the entire movie? Because I, we can do like a quick plot summary. Are you going to wake me up? Good morning. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know what that was. I like looked down on my phone and, just saw, and a timer, like, I don't really know what was happening. Sorry about that. Um. <laughs> <laughs> the most painful sound in the world. The iPhone. I know, I was like... <laughs> I was like, why do I have an alarm at one twenty-eight? Okay, never mind. <laughs> Who knows? Um, but yeah, so we can just kind of go through the movie and kind of yeah do a quick synopsis of it. We both took notes throughout the movie. Um, so as we get into it right now, spoiler warning, we're going to talk about the entire movie, yeah. our favorite parts of yeah. it, spoilers included. So without further ado, here we go. All right, so the movie begins at this nice mansion, a couple of kids hanging out around a campfire talking about uh the this infamous blissfield butcher this ghost story this you know urban legend story of a a guy going around killing high school teens and you know you get your typical horror movie teens drinking mm-hmm. smoking having sex and stuff like that and immediately you're like okay cool these four kids are dying and this will be yeah. a good start to the movie um so they you know eventually start splitting off the one goes to the the basement to look for some more alcohol for the party and he finds a bottle of wine but he you know quickly is encountered by this character they're talking about the blissfield butcher and he's this big brooding man obviously it's vince vaughn but the movie hasn't revealed yet that it's vince vaughn but the thing i immediately liked about the blissfield butcher character was that like he had elements of like jason and michael yeah and ghostface a little bit like that like when he's going through these first four killings, you can see, like, oh, okay, cool. Like, the mask looks like Jason, but also has that ghost face, like, emptiness to it. And mm-hmm. he's even doing some, like, Michael Myers mannerisms like that. So what was your first impression of the Blissfield Butcher? Yeah, I agree. I wonder if Vince Vaughn, like, I mean, it would be smart, too, but I wonder if he, you know, studied, like, mannerisms of serial killers or, like, read up on it or something um specifically like slashers and movies not all serial killers um but yeah i agree vince vaughn is a tall ass dude and he was really you know it's vince vaughn so you think of him in in comedies and like being silly and stuff like that but as a murderer he was really creepy especially when like you know he wasn't talking and he was very just menacing and i really really loved the opening of this because they started right out his first kill was gory as hell that he shoved the wine bottle down the kid's throat and then broke it and I was like all right we're going for it like I was very happy with you know the pacing of the opening and that's what we wanted to see right this is like a horror comedy we know it's going to be gory because it's the same director Christopher Landon of Happy Death Day So we know what we want going in, and I think the introduction of The Butcher and just opening in general was really well done. Yeah, the kid stumbles upon this wine cellar, broken bottle through the neck, and just shards. (laughs) Like, first of all, the bottle going through his neck was like, like, oh, okay, so he's going to swallow it, and he's just going to die from, like, asphyxiation or something like that. But no, the glass bottle pops through his neck, and I was like, yo, okay, cool. Like, it's gory, it's a little gross, but you're like... I, st- I was laughing. I was like, holy crap, this is awesome. Me too. Um, yeah, me so that, too. That's the first one. His name was Isaac. You don't really need to know their names. They're just the teens <laughs> that get killed off. I was like, I was like, what are these kids' names? I should probably know who they are, but in the end, you know, no one really cares. Yeah. Um, Sandra is the next one on the list, the girl who goes with, him, <laughs> uh, with Isaac for more alcohol. She gets killed by a toilet seat, which I was not expecting. She gets her head absolutely, like, smashed by a toilet yeah. seat. Um which was super interesting. And then my favorite kill from this opening set of kills is uh, the the couple, they were having sex in the garage, and he keeps yeah. making some stupid jokes about how he didn't get to, you know, finish during sex, and she's like, you know, oh, women aren't all that. Like, that's not what we're here for, you know. If mm-hmm. You're just being a, a, a crybaby. And they're walking across a tennis court, and the Blissfield Butcher takes a tennis racket and smashes it over his knee and then reconnects it handle and uh 
and racket bass through his head, which I was like, this movie is amazing. I don't care what else happened to this movie. This was the coolest thing I have seen in a horror movie in a long time. Yeah, it was a strong start. And I also love, I feel like the Blissfield Butcher had an element, which a lot of the classic slashers do, is that they're very creative with the kills. Anything that's around, like, even if you don't have a knife or anything, oh, tennis racket? Okay, like, they think so fast, which I guess makes sense because it's like their instinct. It's kind of like an animal instinct of, okay, I need to kill this person. So I thought that was really cool because he didn't just have, you know, like a knife or something or a gun. A gun isn't fun. That's not cool. Um, But a tennis racket, yeah, that's fun. Yeah, as a tennis player myself, I loved it. (laughs) I was so here for it. Um, And then the final one after a bit of a chase is is Ginny. She dies by getting impaled uh, with an arrow, a kind of reverse impalement. She's impaled on the arrow. The arrow doesn't (laughs) impale her. And, you know, she gets very Michael Myers-like, lifted up stuck on the wall like that and she's just hanging there but also again the halloween vibes she like or uh the blissful butcher kind of looks at her and like tilts his head and is like "Hmm, okay that was interesting so very well done the parents come home they find their daughter dead on the wall and uh that's the opening to the movie yeah i really loved it um we can give our final thoughts on the opening and then move on but we're gonna take a quick break real quick we'll be right back okay yeah so the opening i think was like a 10 out of 10 for me i think that was a plus i also love like this happens in a lot of horror movies but not all of them when the opening is kind of a group of random characters that all get killed and then it's like all right that introduced the villain but now here's like the main you know characters the main group of the movie afterwards so i think that's fun um i felt like when the parents came home that gave me scream vibes with drew barrymore i was like oh okay um, and all of these things, like most of these things have been done before. That's why we're saying reminds me of this and that. But it was done in, you know, like a fresh way. And we'll get into it in a bit. But the movie is really funny. So I think that's what differentiates it in a lot of ways. Yeah. And I like the fact that all of the kills were kind of rich people things. Like, yeah, used into the into each kill. Like, obviously, like a wine cellar kid gets killed by a broken wine bottle. There's a tennis yeah. court on the property kid gets killed by a tennis racket. Um, toilet seat? No, nothing. Could be anyone. Yeah, it could be anyone. And then, <laughs> you know, the whole like wandering through the house, and there's just like historic artifacts and an arrow that you know originally he throws at her and misses, and you're like, oh, that's not how she's gonna die. But then the arrow comes back into play, and he sticks her on it, <laughs> which was awesome. Um, and then the final part of it is he leaves the house and he takes this mystical knife with him. Uh, yeah the dola and the knife is like calling to him it's got some glowy red eyes and you're like okay this is gonna play into the movie somehow yeah um so yeah that's the opening scene awesome stuff 10 out of 10 from both of us and immediately we get into meeting millie and the whole bedroom scene starts boom thursday the 12th so you know exactly what day tomorrow is and yeah you get the whole freaky friday friday the 13th type of stuff going on and you meet Millie, you meet Charlene, you meet Millie's mom, who you learn quickly is an alcoholic, dealing with the the issues of her husband passing away a year ago, mm-hmm. and, you know, the, the kind of strange home life going on there, dealing with that trauma, and you get to meet uh, Millie's best friends, and Millie's school life. She gets bullied by um, Ryler, who's like, yeah the popular what name is that ryler yeah i was like okay that's interesting but like also kind of fits because like it's just like the popular girl at school whose name is ryler and she dressed and she's like making fun of the clothes that she wears and stuff like that at Mm -hmm. at discount bonanza (laughs) it's just like it's just hitting on tropes but like i'm not like turned off by it i'm like look this is i get it it's an authentic high school i totally get the characters let's keep Mm -hmm. going um so the interesting thing, though, about this whole opening scene, I was like a, a little put off by the the workshop teacher. He was a yeah, he was a dick. Like I was like, this character is going too far, too quickly with like how much of a dick he's being to Millie. And I was like, look, he needs to die, and he needs to die immediately. 
I know that made zero sense to me. And it's really funny because I kept thinking about in Freaky Friday, her teacher is really mean to her, but it's because her mom turned him down when they were in high school together, right. <laughs> which like, so this isn't the same story because she's trading places with the butcher. I don't think the teacher and the butcher had any, you know, hard times together. Who knows? Maybe they did, but yeah, the teacher was so mean. And I was like, who the hell acts like that when you're a teacher? I hope not a lot of teachers because I haven't encountered that, thankfully. Yeah, we've been out of high school for quite some time now. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. That, man, I was just like, look, if you're going to set up a character that needs to be killed and you want him to be killed, that's the guy. He was just yeah. being a complete ass. So, yeah, the school day plays out. You know, there's complaints about homecoming potentially being canceled because of the deaths that happened uh, in the opening scene. But, you know, Josh, the her friend, is like, like they're not going to cancel homecoming. Like, of course not. And the football game goes on, and Millie's yeah. the cheerleader. And just more inappropriate holiday jokes or, or uh, homecoming jokes about her being the cheerleader because the mascot is the beaver. And we don't need to watch the movie. I don't want to give away everything. And But just everyone like... Was, yeah, everyone was being so mean to her. Like, she had the mascot uniform or whatever, and it's like, okay, like, she she's a nice girl. Why was everyone so mean to her? I don't know. Whatever. But... <laughs> yeah, they, they dialed up, like, the high school bullying. Yeah. Maybe a little too much in some scenes, but, you know, it's all being led to, like, what's going to happen in the movie, and characters have to be killed off. And, you, and it leads you to want these characters to be killed off. Yeah. Very um, true. So, Homecoming Game ends... Everyone leaves the school, and Millie's waiting there like, okay, my mom's going to come pick me up. I don't need a ride. It's okay. The mom, unfortunately, falls asleep after drinking at home and does not come to pick up Millie. So she's sitting on uh, the bench outside of the school, and she looks up, and she notices the Blissfield Butcher just standing across the parking lot. And he's, and Vince Vaughn looks scary. He's just standing there. And it's not like it's supposed to be an overtly like horrifying, scare-your-pants-off movie, but yeah. he he's owning the scene he he definitely gives off that vibe mm. and she's like please don't be the butcher please don't be the butcher <laughs> like i was like cracking up during this and you know chase scene ensues she escapes into the school and you can tell that the only thing on vince vaughn's mind at this point is just killing teens for no reason yeah um so he eventually gets her uh pins her down in the middle of the football field and is about to kill her when he pulls out this the Dola, this knife, and all of a sudden you get transported to like this like <laughs> yeah. crazy world. I was like, whoa, what is happening here? They're like on top of a pyramid, and the the moon is is bright and glowing, and the eyes on the knife are, are also just beet red. And yeah. he stabs her. And immediately something's wrong. She has this wound in her in her shoulder, and he also has the same wound in his shoulder. So that's how they set up the whole body swap thing that eventually comes. Mm-hmm. But then the, the sister cop shows up. And this was like, this is like my only couple of gripes with the movie. It's just <laughs> stuff that doesn't make any sense. Like she wanders into the into the football field and she's like, hey, get off her. And she just shoots her gun in the air multiple times. Yeah. And I'm like, what? I was like, hold on. He's on top of your sister with a knife. Shoot him. Obviously you can't shoot him. But at the <laughs> same time, like just shooting your gun off in the air, like Keanu Reeves in Point Break. I was like, look, this is a... This is strange. There's, there's got to be I, another way. I literally yelled at my TV. I'm like, shoot him. Like, what the hell? Especially, okay, one, you're a cop. You're allowed to. Two, like, that's your sister. Even if you weren't allowed to, I'm sure you would do it because you're so emotional and wanting to save your sister. I was like, what the hell, dude? But, yeah, obviously she can't kill him. Um, yeah, so, over. <laughs> yeah. That's like, Yeah. I noticed that, too, though, when they eventually have the dance in the warehouse kind of thing, um, the cops come in, and then one of them just shoots the gun in the air. And I'm oh, like, my God. Like, obviously, he wasn't trying to shoot the kids, but, like, what's with everyone shooting a gun in the air? <laughs> yeah, like... <laughs> their thing. You want to, like, try not to create some panic, but what do you do? You shoot a gun in the air. That's going to create immediate <laughs> panic. Yeah, that is another scene. We'll talk about it later on. I'm glad you brought it up now, because that... that thing like actually i looked at the movie and i was like what are you doing like stop yeah. it um so yeah you know blissfield butcher gets away millie's taken to the police station starts to recuperate and everything like that and she looks completely dejected you know poor girl is just traumatized 
uh, again, you know. Mm-hmm. And yeah, she goes to bed, and there's some some creepy voodoo stuff going on. You don't know what's happening. Some dark magic. And the next day, it is Friday the thirteenth, and the body swap has officially happened. The Dola, or I, I thought I, I, I'm pretty sure it was introduced as like Knife of La Dola, and I was like, okay, that's a cool name, whatever that's gonna mm-hmm. be. And then they just started calling it the Dola throughout the Dola, yeah. yeah. Um, so they both wake up. Millie wakes up uh, in the butcher's body, and the butcher wakes up in Millie's body. So from here on out, we'll be referring to them as Millie Butcher and Butcher Millie, which was not confusing <laughs> at all. Millie Butcher is Vince Vaughn, so like Millie in the butcher's body, and then Butcher mm-hmm. Millie is Catherine Newton, aka the butcher in Millie's body, and. Butcher Millie immediately. The best part about this is that, like, as soon as the body swap happens, you can tell that the characters yeah. have completely changed, which is so awesome and yeah, uh, a, a testament to how uh, well these characters were portrayed by uh, Vince Vaughn and Catherine Newton. Yeah, I agree. The acting was really good because immediately, like, I just kept thinking if I was Catherine Newton and had to act like the the butcher, like. So much of the butcher, like we said, is that he's huge and intimidating and, you know, like that height, Vince Vaughn is 6'5". Like that height really has a lot to do with it, but Catherine Newton brought all the other creepiness of the butcher into the character. Um, And yeah, like the mannerisms, the way she would just stare at everything, like she was acting like an animal and it was, it was really entertaining. And then of course, Vince Vaughn killed it as as Miller but or Millie Butcher um he really <laughs> was just so funny he picked up so many man- mannerisms of a girl um and the way he was like laughing and like trying to talk to his friends you know well, her friends we'll get into it in a bit but they were both really convincing agreed so you know Butcher <laughs> Millie starts wandering around her house her mom's like everything okay like sit down and eat and she starts just like using her hands just shoving food in her face because you can tell like the butcher hasn't had a real meal in forever yeah you know starts to like hint at killing her mother by pitch picking up a kitchen knife and starts walking towards her but then charlene or charlene intervenes like don't worry i got it so yeah you can tell that character is not the same and then yeah uh (laughs) millie wakes up in the butcher's body and she's just in some bizarre like abandoned warehouse and she's like, what is going on here? I don't know what's going on. And then this yeah. drug addict shows up who wants to buy some drugs off of him and <gasps> off of the what is appearing to be the butcher. And, and Vince Vaughn is just like, I don't have any drugs. I don't do drugs. Like, he's like, when you see me, what do you see? Do you see a girl or like a like a really tall man? And, he, and the drug addict is like, you're definitely on drugs, dude. I need whatever you got. Yeah, that was a really, really funny scene. I was cracking up like... <laughs> Of course, the guy's like, uh, you're lying. You have the drugs. Yeah. <laughs> it was really well done. A perfect yeah. scene to introduce the two new characters that we have. And the drug, and she's like running away. Or Millie's running away in the butcher's body. And the drug addict's just like, I'll suck your dick. And just like, <laughs> what? <laughs> it's just, the, the comedy beats don't miss in this movie, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we get... Millie walking around in the in the butcher's body trying to be like, hey, is everything okay? And everyone's like, it's the butcher! And I'm like, wait, how does everybody know who the butcher is? <laughs> like, I know. I feel like now they have, like, sketches around, though. I feel like, they I had don't to know. Have. Yeah, they just don't show it on screen being like, we're on yeah. the lookout for this six-foot-four man who looks like Vince Vaughn. Um, <laughs> but Millie goes to work now, or work school, rather, uh, mm-hmm. dressed as a total badass. She's ditched her old clothing for this like bright red leather jacket jeans she walks into school everyone's like oh my god what's up with millie she looks completely different and even her best friends are like does millie look cute like yeah what's going on here i thought that was hilarious i loved the scene of her walking in after like the transformation because it reminded me of so many like teen movies where the girl just gets a makeover and she's like, oh, my God, like, I'm hot now. And everyone's like, whoa, she took off her glasses. Like, now she looks so different. But this was like, no, she's literally like a, the butcher inside of her. So it's like a completely different person, complete different confidence. And I thought that was a really funny, like, spin on that type of classic scene. Yep. So school day kind of plays out. Uh, Millie Butcher's running around trying to, like, figure out what's going on, trying to find her friends. And she shows up at school. 
And this is where Nyla and Josh, her best friends who we haven't named yet, really come into the movie. And yeah. I love them. I thought they were the perfect, like, best friend pairing for for Millie's character. And yeah. basically we get Butcher Millie going into the locker room with Ryler. Because Ryler's like, oh my god, you're a, you're a hero at school. Like, we need to talk. And they're like, can we go somewhere private? And then there's just, like, this, like, tropey scene about, like, her being possibly like a lesbian or anything like that and butcher mm-hmm. millie's like i'm just gonna kill you like we just, <laughs> you need to die so like they're like the butcher's here we gotta hide and she puts her in like a freeze chamber or something yeah. i don't know exactly what it was but it it just looked like a cryogenic chamber in the middle of a high school locker room i don't know exactly yeah. what was going on there yeah it must have been like for the athletes but it's like why did it like close and then like it could, it just went on forever type of thing. Like it reminded me of the final destination tanning bed scene because yeah. one, you can't have a tanning bed that goes on forever. It turns off. Like it's not legal to have it go on forever, but okay. That's not the point. I get it. Yeah. It's, it's some cryotherapy <laughs> thing for the high. It's gotta be some cryotherapy <laughs> thing for the high school athletes. Anyway. Yeah. She locks her in there and you can immediately tell that girl's not coming out alive. And on the same side, like parallel running to Butcher Millie trying to kill Ryler, is Millie Butcher, Vince Vaughn, showing up and trying to convince Nyla and Josh that it's yeah. Millie in the Butcher's body. And <laughs> they like start running through the school kitchen. They're just like, they're trying to fend each other off. And this is where the whole dynamic between Millie feeling kind of like weak and powerless in her real body, in real life, in her current situation. And mm-hmm. now in Vince Vaughn's body, who's, again, this hulking brute, is, like, they do, like, slow down to the scenes where he's, like, pushing them, and they're going flying backwards because she doesn't realize <laughs> she has this, like, inherent strength now, which is done super well. Because on the other side of it, Millie Butcher, who's used to being this hulking, brooding man, is now in a high school girl's body. And she gets the, like, shit kicked out of her, unfortunately. And, and she's like, oh, wait, like, I can't be, like, hold on a second, I'm in a completely different body. So... Yeah. I loved that dynamic that they showed off on screen. Yeah, that was really funny. And I loved seeing, like, Millie Butcher with the friends. And, like, you like you said, she's just, like, throwing them and then being like, I'm sorry. Like, she feels so bad because she doesn't realize, like, what she's doing. And then finally how she convinces them that it is actually Millie and the Butcher's body is that she does the cheerleading thing or whatever and then they ask her a bunch of really personal questions which was just so cute and hilarious like they're like who do you have a crush on and it's like what's your favorite movie and she's like oh it's this but like it's actually this I just pretend or whatever and I thought that was really really cute and really funny yeah and this is where for me the movie totally went into hot chick range because that's how the whole (laughs) body reveals eventually like confirmed in that movie is they do this handshake called cheats and liars where it's like boys are cheats and liars they're such a big disgrace um (laughs) And, you know, that handshake is, like, it's so popular if you've seen the movie. And, like, uh-huh. it's very memorable from the from the scene. So when she does the whole Blissfield Beavers cheerleading dance and then <laughs> they do their handshake at the end, this is where Vince Vaughn, like, fully sells that he's playing a high school girl. And yeah. it's awesome. He does so well. So, yeah, I agree. So, yeah. Uh, eventually they discover Ryler. She's frozen to death. Uh she falls out of the cryotherapy tank and just explodes into a million pieces a la like Jason X. And I was like, Oh crap. That's a high school girl. They just did that too. Like that's wild. That was wild. I was literally sitting there like, could that actually happen? No, it couldn't. But wait, like, could it like, I don't know. Like, can I just Google would that happen? Actually, I don't want to. It was very, like, Final Destination-y to me, like I said, with the tanning booth, but also just in general. The kind of, like, death that you're like, wait, would it happen that way? Like, I don't want to Google it, but I also want to know. Right. Um, super inventive and very interesting. <laughs> not not a kill you would expect to see in a high school. Um, yeah. <laughs> so the more exposition plays out, you know, they figure out that Dola has the whole key to getting their bodies switched back into each other. And meanwhile, Butcher Millie is wandering around high school and after another brief exchange previously with the workshop teacher who again is being a complete dick they show up and they have a little mini encounter and this is where you get the whole butcher millie now in you know butcher and millie's body doesn't have the same strength as being in his own body and 
the workshop teacher once again being a complete ass like beats her up which is just so uncomfortable to watch it made no sense to me because he could have easily just called the principal and been like she tried to hurt me and that's it you're golden you don't need to like try to kill her Hmm. that was just like He's like, it was self-defense. And like the first time I'm like, okay, look, you're just some like, you're an ass. You're just doing this and you got something out for this girl, whatever. But then when she's down on the ground and he's like kicking her in the stomach over and over again, like you would see in some bar fight. I'm like, dude, (laughs) chill. Like this is, this is uncomfortable to watch. It was a long time coming, apparently. (laughs) Yeah. He he had rage. He wanted to beat her ass. And I was like, dude time to die and die he does in the best way possible in like the goriest kill of the movie by far yeah she eventually does some she like jumps on some chains and like uses that to propel her body and kick him onto a table saw and what does she do on said table saw she pushes him straight through it and he gets chopped up in half so gory so awesome and you're just like Finally, this asshole is dead. Thank God. Yeah, I agree. That was an awesome kill scene. And it was all the more awesome that he was a freaking jerk. If it was somebody we liked, it would have been like, oh, no. But this, I was like, do it. Do it. Perfectly set up. Like, walks in, teasing the table saw. And it was in the trailers a bunch, too. So you kind of knew it was coming. But, like, finally, the anticipation of the suspense to see him, like, Super gory, just get split in half was awesome. Yeah, I agree. That was one of the good ones. So yeah, um, before we get into the rest of the movie, because uh, now we're kind of entering the third and final act of the of Freaky, let's just take our final break and we'll be right back. Alrighty, so we're back. The whole high school scene uh, act ends with them running into each other in the hallway and there's a stare down. It's like, Oh crap, it's her in my body. Oh crap, it's him in my body. And, you know, they try to capture her, but then Butcher Millie does the perfect thing in this situation. She fully takes on her character and it's like, oh my god, it's the Butcher. So their cover is blown. Niall and Josh are with the Butcher (laughs) and they're on the run from the cops as they try to figure out what they can do now to get the body switch to happen. So they end up at Discount Bonanza and the Butcher or Millie Butcher runs into her mom who works there in the changing room and they have this whole discussion which is like heart heartwarming because you're like Millie finally gets to see the side of her mother talking about the loss of her dad and Millie's mom's husband and everything like that but then the scene ends with like look I know this is really quick but like do you want to go out and and he's like oh no wait like I thought right there they're going to defuse the situation and move on, but he's like, no, wait, coffee doesn't sound good. We should have, like, a full-blown dinner, and it's just getting blown up to the next level. I'm like, holy crap, are they going to actually put the butcher and Millie's mom together in this movie? But no, she's like, oh, wait, sorry, I'm married. I can't. (laughs) Yeah, I thought that was a funny scene, and I thought it was funny that the mom, like, asked him out, but I thought it went a little bit too long. Like, I was like, okay. I understand this is a good time for them to connect in a different way than Millie would usually be able to. Um, but I think it was like just a few minutes too long. Like I was kind of like, all right, enough of the, the sappy business. Like I get it. I understand, but move on. And eventually they do. But I think it was a little bit drawn out. Agreed. So now the butcher is now disguised as scary Aaron Rodgers walking around in some knockoff Aaron Rodgers mask for whatever reason. And, <laughs> They eventually meet up at an arcade where it's found that the uh, Butcher Millie is there hanging out with a bunch of other high school kids trying to get a high school uh, homecoming dance planned elsewhere because they won't have it at the school after what happened. And they discover her location. They rush there. Um, They eventually capture Butcher Millie and they take another captive along with them too, Booker, who is kind of teased throughout the movie as being Millie's high school crush. uh, Mm -hmm. And... They all end up at Josh's house, which is like one of my favorite scenes in the movie because they do the whole thing where they have to try to convince Booker that it's Millie in the butcher's body and everything like that. And she reveals that he put a or she put a poem in his locker because she has a crush on him. And this is a scene where, like, again, the tropes in like the 21st century humor is coming through because like Josh is like trying to 
talk to I can't remember the scene specifically, but there's like a pronoun joke that goes on it when she's like he's like she and Nyla's like no he and it's like whatever Aye. like there it, it there's a lot of uh, relevant uh, humor in the movie which I really appreciated. Yeah. Yeah, it did seem, like, realistic as, like, how teens would talk today. And, I, yeah, it was definitely – it made sense that it probably took place in 2020. Well, maybe 2019 because no COVID. Right, exactly. <laughs> They're not that up to speed yet. <laughs> yep. So the whole plan is hashed for Nyla to go to the police station to retrieve the Dola, which was taken there after uh, Millie was attacked in the football field because uh, yeah. police evidence and all that. So – they go, it's uh, Booker, Nyla, and Millie Butcher. They all drive to the police station. Nyla is then tasked with trying to get the knife from being locked away in police custody, which is yeah. like, you know, a tall task to ask some high school kid to try to steal something from a police station. And Josh, who, uh, like, throughout the movie, I don't think we've mentioned it before, but throughout the entire movie, he is the gay best friend for Millie and in the group. And... Millie is or butcher Millie is still tied up at the house and Josh's mom comes home and I loved this scene because the mom is like a flight attendant I believe and yeah she's like Josh why is Millie tied up in our kitchen our living room right now and Josh is like we're role-playing I was just like cracking up because like butcher Millie or Millie butcher's like face expressions are just hilarious yeah. she's like come no. on man like you really think your mom's gonna believe this like this is hilarious and Josh is like, all right, mom, I have to tell you something. I'm straight. <laughs> and then even Josh's mom doesn't buy it. She's like, honey, we both know you're not straight. <laughs> and yeah. it's so good. It's so good. I love the scene. Millie ends up breaking free uh, or Millie Butcher ends up breaking free. And then, like, the mom, like, I wish there was a little bit more of the mom because, like, the mom just came Ooh. in and screwed everything up. I know that was funny, but I felt like it was good too, because even though I obviously wanted them to be able to keep Butcher Millie tied up, like if that happened in real life, the a mom of a high schooler would be like, no, let her go. You're being freaking weird. Like, so I feel like it was more realistic than other movies where like it just conveniently works out for them. And it's like, okay, good. But also like, no, that wouldn't happen. So I thought it was funny and obviously it all works out eventually, but I was like, damn, okay, yeah, that makes sense, though. I get it. Yeah, she had to escape some way. <laughs> yeah. So back at the police station, Nyla's having trouble getting the knife because she runs in and tells uh, Charlene that the butcher's outside chasing her around. And if eventually she gets caught. But before that, Vince Vaughn and Booker, <laughs> obviously Millie and Vince Vaughn's body, their like, romance is starting to bud now. Like, yeah. They're going to be together in the end. And they share a kiss. And I thought that scene was so well done. Just so well done to have uh, Millie and Vince Vaughn's body. Like, that's how uh, she professes her love yeah. for him. And, you know, Booker, who's a, a, a jock at school, you know, talks about how real strength and heart and everything like that doesn't come from being some big, strong person. It comes from your heart and everything like that. I thought it was mm -hmm. super well done. Um, and yeah, that's uh, that was one of my favorite scenes in the movie. <laughs> yeah, me too. I thought the car scene was hilarious. It was sweet and hilarious, whereas I feel like the dressing room scene was a little bit too sweet and not as funny until the end. But the car scene was like a good mix of funny and cute. And I thought it was just like really funny because you could feel like Vince Vaughn, like we said, did a really good job of, you know, acting like a high school girl because you could feel that tension of, Miller Millie Butcher being like, ah, he's gonna like come back and talk to me. Like Booker comes in the backseat and she's like, oh my god, like okay, this is really happening. Like it was, I felt like I was a sixteen-year-old girl watching this happen, and then they kiss, which was so funny, just because it's like, it's, first of all, I don't think it would be as funny if it wasn't freaking Vince Vaughn. Agreed, agreed. If it was another male actor that we didn't know, it would be funny. But just the fact that it's Vince Vaughn makes it even more funnier. Um, but yeah, that's just a testament to how much Booker liked Millie because he's like, hey, you're trapped in a guy's body. I'm still going to make this the best first kiss ever. So that was really funny. And I also love that scene. Same. Uh, so they eventually have to go help Nyla because she's having a lot of trouble. They eventually end up locking 
Charlene in the police cell because they yeah. can't get away, and that's the only uh, only solution. And uh, Millie Butcher at the time like starts talking about how she killed her goldfish, and she's sorry about that the way she did it like years ago. And mm-hmm. there's not much in the movie of like Charlene being like, "Wait, what's going on here?" Like they don't really need to explain to her what's going on. She's just kind of left on the side to kind of save the day in the end, anyway. Yeah. Um, but they all end up at the old mill, which is, ironically enough, where the butcher resides to begin with. And yeah. that's where this high school dance happens. And they all show up there. They're like, look, we need to, we only have till midnight. We got to stab Butcher Millie to get the body swap back or else yeah. we're stuck like this forever. So we get some more kills. Uh, butcher Millie ends up killing three jocks. Again, the first one is just being just a dick. And just yeah, talking about, like, sex and appeal and all this stuff. I'm like, look, just let's get these guys killed. Um, one gets killed, knife slit right off the bat. Another one gets a bottle smashed over his head. I could see him living. He might be alive. <laughs> he just had a bottle smashed over his head. Yeah. But yeah. the the last one, she picks up a chainsaw. And I'm like, yo, we're going to yeah. get a chainsaw kill in this movie, too. And that's the only chainsaw, like, that's the only kill that's done off screen, which I thought was a bit sad. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I also really love seeing Butcher Millie pick up the chainsaw. Like, just that imagery of a woman holding a chainsaw is very, you know, like, badass. And I'm like, yeah, let's do it. And, yeah, I wish there was more of it. But, you know, more things had to happen. Yep, so more chasing, more stuff, trying to get uh, the two, obviously, in the same room together so the body swap can happen once again. Um, There's a scene with a, a jock who is unsure about his sexuality or he's sure about it but like doesn't want people to know yeah because he takes josh like they're trying to find millie and he like kisses him but he's like wait whoa like we don't need to do this and then he's like homophobic back to him and i'm like right like some high school trope stuff like stuff yeah. out of like 13 reasons why and <laughs> i was like okay this scene is a little strange but then he gets killed right away because he was just being homophobic. He gets a fish hook to the eye. <laughs> I was like, oh, crap. Now he's going to like, this is, I know what you did last summer. <laughs> Straight out of it. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. That was a good scene. I agree. I was also just like, Ugh, are they really just trying to make like villains like show? I guess like the jocks always were kind of villains because they were mean to Millie. But then they were like, all right, this is what's wrong with them. And then ready, we're going to just kill them off. So I was like, all right, cool. That made sense. That worked for me. Yeah, same. Uh, so then the final showdown happens. Cops show up at the old mill. We've mentioned it before. Randomly, obviously yeah. a bunch of teens are there having a, a dance. Uh, you know, unsanctioned, of course. And the cop just shoots in the air to try to defuse the situation, try to clear all the kids out of the, the old mill, which was super weird. It's like a so cop, dumb. cop should not be clearing the room by doing that. It's like... In, like, super bad, like, I could see that totally <laughs> happening. Like, Seth Rogen and Bill Hader, like, oh, shoot, it's the cops. Yeah. <laughs> like, that, like those two cops, I could totally see them doing that with McLovin. But in this movie, it felt a little bit out of place. Um, yeah. The final showdown, they finally get Butcher Millie down on the ground. And there's, like, this brief moment of, like, oh, crap, we're too late. But... I totally forgot about this, and my girlfriend. Me too. My my girlfriend was like, "I know exactly what's gonna happen." I was like, <laughs> "You do?" We're like, "Oh, okay." Like, okay, don't tell me. Like, let's let's see if you're right. And it does happen. Like, I missed this in the movie. Like in the beginning, Booker was talking about how always gotta set your watch five minutes early to make sure that you're never late for something or something like that. Yeah, it was because Millie showed up late to the class with the asshole teacher, and she he starts yelling at her, and then right, Booker's right. like, "Hey." pro tip like set your clock early or whatever and i remember that part and being like that was cute and then just like totally like didn't care about it after that so yeah yeah my girlfriend nailed it on the head i was like okay like good job i did not see that coming at all i, I just totally breezed over that i was probably too focused on the, the dick <laughs> teacher because he was yeah just again last time we'll say it a dick <laughs> um so yeah she eventually stabs him the body swap happens and it happens way quicker than it did in the beginning of the movie, which is whatever, plot device, whatever has to happen. The body swap happens, yeah. and they look at each other, and they're like, Millie, who's your favorite athlete? And she's <laughs> like, nobody. I hate sports. <laughs> and Josh just like, shoot this guy! <laughs> and Vince Vaughn just gets shot to shit. 
<laughs> but he lives. He Michael does. Myers at it again. Right. Total Michael Myers vibes here. Uh, you know, ambulance scene, actual Millie and Booker get their first kiss. You know, the romance is there. Um, happy ending, happy ending. I thought the movie was going to end right there. Me too. I liked what they did next, though. Yeah. Uh, as Natalie said, or even in Scream, this is the part where the killer comes back for one final scare. And yep. they're all home, and, and Millie's got some weird vibes going on around the house. You know, doors unlocked, hearing some weird noises. And lo and behold, the butcher is not dead. Because in the scene where they were transporting him to the, the hospital in the ambulance, he took the pulse monitor off of his finger. So he somehow yeah. escapes. Not really needed in the whole explanation of the movie. But he ends up at Millie's house, and you get a all badass women beat down of yeah. the butcher after he beats the crap out of three women, which is like, I was like, okay, dude, like this is a little uncomfortable, but you know, <laughs> it's the only point in the movie where we get Vince Vaughn fully being the butcher and speaking and actually being a serial killer, which I thought was great. Yeah. Yeah. It was odd when they chose to have him speak because I was, I feel like any time he spoke, I was not expecting it. And I also couldn't really gauge, like, his intelligence level because sometimes I think they made him seem, you know, not altogether there. And then other times he was, like, real with it and understood, like, little, like, in like innuendos and, like, things like that. So that was a little confusing. But I do like him as the butcher, so I was glad he came back. Agreed. And he does this whole, like this beat down scene with knocking out the, the mom and the sister. And then he sits and he talks to Mill and he's like, look, I understand what it's like to feel weak and, and stuff like that. And it gives her like a little bit of a motivational speech. And I was like, this is weird. Like, hold on. Are they actually going to turn the butcher into a good guy in the end? Like, are we actually going to get the butcher and Millie's mom as a couple? <laughs> no, the butcher is still a serial killer. And yeah. eventually they turn the tables on him and she kicks, uh, or she shoves a, a, a a wood table or leg or something like that through his through his chest gory mm -hmm. like get some more gore and the movie ends with her just saying i'm a fucking piece realizing <laughs> like supposed to be like a whole realization thing that she is who she is and she's awesome and you know bullying and stuff like that doesn't matter and yeah. that's the movie yeah that was i think i had a lot of fun talking about it then more fun than I thought I would just because there are just so many ridiculous and hilarious and gory scenes. So I think it was a really, really pleasant watch. I enjoyed it. I would recommend it. Um, what's your rating out of 10? Out of 10? Hmm. I mean, in no way, shape or form is this the perfect movie, right? There's no. stuff we've, you know, there's sometimes too many tropes going on in it. Again, the cops in the movie are like extraordinarily dumb. And not, like, on, like, a dewy scream level of, like, goofy. Yeah. Just, like, dumb, like, what are you doing? Like, why are you shooting your gun in the air? Um, I'd say, like, a 7.5 out of 10, I'd say. Yeah, I think I would do 7. The only real issues I had that I just kind of thought it was, like, too sappy. Like, in Happy Death Day 2, I thought that movie was a little bit too sappy. Like, they made it really emotional. It, it was kind of hard for me to tell what tone they wanted to go with. And I think for this, it wasn't as, as sappy as Happy Death Day 2, but I think there were too many like the of the emotional scenes where I kind of was like, all right, you're presenting this ridiculous plot. There's so much gore. There's so much this. There's so much that. And then the emotional scenes kind of dr were drawn out for me. Um, and a lot of the scenes, I kind of felt like it was like a cheesy like teen Netflix movie or something. But then there was like, amazing kills so obviously it's not a teen movie um but yeah i think there was a little bit too much of the emotional stuff that i didn't really buy into like i didn't know the characters that well i'm just like i know the action and i know the violence that's happening but i don't really know the characters so to have too much of that emotional part i didn't i didn't really buy into it fair enough but I, no it's fair enough i mean the Happy Death Day 2 stuff, like, I I got emotional when the whole they did the whole scene when she time-traveled and talked to her mom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that made me sad. And it I think it works better in that movie, contrarily to, to this. Like, at times, I do like the way they did the whole understanding between mom and, 
and Millie in the mm-hmm. in the dressing room when Millie's in the butcher's body because like they don't talk about that and they you know you don't get an understanding of why the mom is depressed you just know that her husband died. Yeah. But yeah. it does feel like thrown in there in like the middle of a plot where they're racing against time to get a body swap done again with a mystical knife that's in police custody and they're also trying to track down the butcher and Millie's body. So yeah, I think you know there are some plot points that were interesting choices, but I still think I'm a, I'll give it an extra half a point. I'll, I'll be a little more generous. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I understand why they needed the emotional scenes. It's not like I'm totally like, oh my god, I don't want any emotion in the movie. But maybe just like a little bit shorter. Like the dressing room scene could have been like a minute instead of like three or whatever it was. Yeah, it, it was like you're waiting for it to end, and like yeah, the whole like it could have just ended instead of like Millie's mom being like, "Hey, can we go out for a cup of coffee?" And then Vince Vaughn being like, "Uh, no, coffee sounds like a terrible idea, but dinner sounds like an even better idea." But wait, we can't have dinner because I'm married. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, it was a little, it was just a little much, but it was funny. So you know, balance, balance. Agreed. Um, and yeah, obviously directed by Christopher Landon, who after doing both Happy Death Day movies, which I love, and this movie, dude's on a roll. Yeah, I'm excited to see what comes next. I don't think that there should be a Freaky 2. Do you think there should be? Um, no, I don't think we need it. Like, unless they let, like, because they did the whole, like, Vince Vaughn dying at the end thing. Like, I thought I was going to leave it on a cliffhanger of him not really being dead. Mm -hmm. And we could have done something in a sequel. But the idea of crossing over Happy Death Day and Freaky now after watching the movie, like we talked about it last week, does seem like a really interesting idea. Yeah, I think they should do it somehow. I think it would be really funny. Like, clearly, they got the gore and the violence down. They got really good kills down pat. They have really funny parts, too. So I think, yeah, let's bring on the cinematic universe of Christopher Landon. Yeah, and then we could tie in Paranormal Activity somehow into it. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, because I, Happy Death Day doesn't have the gore. It Happy Death Day is Groundhog Day with a pseudo killer. Yeah, I think it's more, like, violent than straight-up gory. Yeah, it's PG-13, too. Like, this movie... Got oh, a, is it? Yeah, this movie got a full-blown R rating. Like, the only gory stuff I can remember from the second one is when she's going through that death montage of killing herself over and over again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. she jumps into a wood chipper and just sprays blood all over the place. And I was like, okay, that's probably the most we're going to get in this entire movie. But it was good. True. So, yeah, I don't know what they would do. But, you know, Happy Death Day obviously messed with time travel. So they they could do anything. Um, I'm down for it. So 7.5 out of me, a 7 out of Natalie. Would recommend Freaky. 20 bucks. That's up to your discretion. Yeah. It's a pricey tag. It's a pricey tag. Yeah. If you decide you uh, don't want to order order out dinner or something, you know, go for this instead then maybe. Um, yeah, I would recommend it if you're willing to blow $20. If you're on the edge or on the fence about it, I would still recommend it. It's a really, you know, fun from start to finish movie. Um, there are definitely a lot worse, and I thought it was enjoyable. Agreed. It won't waste your time. It's not very slow. If any criticism no. of it, it's a little too fast. But, you know, runtime's not anything crazy. Favorite no. kill? Is your favorite kill the wine scene or the or the table saw? I think it is the wine, the, the first kill, just because that really set the tone for the kills to come. And I was shocked because I, at the, at the, um, the, um, the teacher, I kind of knew that had to happen, um, but with the first kill, I did not know that was going to happen. So I think it was it was the most shocking, and it was one of the most gross. But there are other gross ones too. Yeah, I think that's what's so good about that opening scene too, is because it, it's a lot of on-screen gory kills that you weren't expecting. And, yeah, which is probably why I love the tennis racket one so much because it just reconnects it through his head. It was just a great way to kill some guy who's, you know complaining about not about the sex he just had with his girlfriend so yeah deserved it he did and it was awesome uh, great kill i've never seen anything like that before 
And I was like, yo, if you're going to kill someone with a tennis racket, if you're not going to, like, squish him with a tennis racket in some kind of goofy, cartoony CGI way, this is the yeah. way to do it. So, awesome stuff. Awesome stuff. Love this movie. Agreed. All right. Well, we'll see. Uh, we should start doing some more reviews for you guys. Hopefully, we can get more in the pipeline. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. Let us know what you thought about Freaky. Tweeted us your score of the movie. Um, my Twitter handle is at Natalie Zamora, two A's at the end, and then Max is at Odd Slice. Uh, leave us a good review on Apple Podcasts. And thank you guys so much for listening. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.